You know how these things start? We'll only do a couple of weeks, and then we think, oh, let, let's extend it a little bit longer. And um, so growing in Christ, growing deeper in our relationship um, with Jesus. And um, I want to read that prayer again that I began with from Ephesians, prayer of the Apostle Paul as he writes to Christians in Ephesus. And from verse 14, he says this, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being. And I pray that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. Have you ever noticed that? He prays that we might know something that's unknowable. I love it. We might know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I wonder if you pray for the church here. I hope you do. Um, Certainly Edward and I need prayer constantly. But I hope you pray for the work of the church. And, And if you're struggling at all whether to know what to pray for the church, I would point you to this scripture. If you pray that for one another, that we would know the love of Christ more and more, things would be so much better, wouldn't they? So please do pray for us and pray for our fellowship. Thank you that you do. I'm sure that you do. And um, this morning, I want to just uh, kick off with this verse that's been going around my mind this week from Psalm 34, verse 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Now, you may not know this, but I I actually love honey. And um, every morning, I have a little spoonful of honey, just a spoonful of honey on its own with, uh, well, whatever else I'm having, but a spoonful of honey. And we're blessed because we get honey from Lebanon. It is the best honey in the world. It's really yummy, and um, I'm, I know what my Christmas present is. I've put the order in for a certain bit of honey. And, so Le- and Lebanon is an amazing country, flowing with honey and soap. Hermie likes the soap, and, uh, and wine, and Stephen Carris liked the wine, so it suits us all. Anyway, I wonder if you know the chemical formula of honey. I found out this week that uh, it was C6H1206. There you go. You've learned something new. Don't think, come to church and don't learn anything. There you go. And uh, the chemical formula and also the chemical composition of honey. There it is. And uh, also we have the honey's nutritional profile. Do we have that one or have we already had that one? Arnold, either before or after. There we go. Isn't that amazing? But I don't care about all that really because it doesn't really help me. I'm more with Winnie the Pooh. (laughs) One of my childhood heroes, Winnie the Pooh. Taste and see. 
You know the famous words that he said, I wasn't going to eat it. I was just going to taste it. Honey has to be tasted. And so it is that as we grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, we can know about it, but it's so much better when we know and we taste and see that the Lord is good. So David says that, taste and see that the Lord is good. And when he uses the word see, he's using a a word that means gaze, fix your eyes upon. Not just glance, not just look at Jesus and then look away, but gaze upon the Lord. The writer to the Hebrews picks that up in chapter 12 of Hebrews when he says, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And right at the end of Job, um, Job is one of the earliest books uh, of the Bible, and in Job 42, the last um, chapter in verse 5, Job says this, If you've not heard the story of Job, it's an amazing read. It is. It is. He says this at the end. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. If we want to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus... We need to taste and see that the Lord is good. To gaze regularly into the heart of Jesus, into the eyes of Jesus. Come back to that heart of God, to the love of God. Now, I know I don't have to convince most of us this morning that God loves you. You know that, don't you? We'd be miserable Christians if we didn't know that. Imagine if we had to think, does he, does he love, I'm not sure if he loves me, does he love me? Does he love me this week? Will he love me next week? No, he loves you. Full stop. He wants you to know that. But maybe I just need to convince you and invite you this morning to taste and see how much greater God's love for you is than you can ever conceive. That you can ever imagine. And maybe it's that experience of God's love that many of us need to step into again and again and again in order to keep growing in the knowledge and the grace of Jesus Christ. Because if you've ever felt that your Christian life has stalled, and it happens from time to time to all of us, if we, we just feel that we've stalled in our Christian walk, And maybe our discipleship is not merely marked by the occasional stumbling, but it becomes defined by it. We need that experience that David spoke about in the Psalms. Taste and see that the Lord is good. To know what the apostle prayed for the Ephesians that we read together. To know this love that surpasses knowledge. The extent of it. And the wonder is this, that we can experience God's love. We can know it, not just as a head knowledge, but something deep in our heart, and we can experience it. The Bible says very clearly that God not just loves, but is love. It's who he is. In 1 John 4 verse 8, it says God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent Jesus to die for us on the cross. We know this. The love that we read uh, of God in the Bible is not just 
one of his activities. God isn't a God who loves. God is the God who is love. It defines who he is most deeply. It's the ultimate reality is not this cold, blank, empty space, but a, an eternal fountain of endless, unquenchable love from the very beginning. From the very beginning. Before anything was formed, there was love because God was there. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, there from the very beginning. The Father loving the Son, the Son loving the Father, Holy Spirit loving the Father and loving the Son. They just loved each other. And out of that love just spilt out creation. It wasn't contained within that trinity. It wasn't contained within the, the joy of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, but spilled out in creation. Creation was made out of love. And then we were made out of love. Made to have a relationship with God. And as John writes, that love was supremely displayed on the cross, which we remember in communion together, that Jesus gave his all to restore that relationship that had been broken by our rebellion, by our sin, by our walking away from God. He made it possible for us to come back. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And if we are followers of Jesus this morning, or if we're beginning to explore what that may mean for us. There is this wonderful promise woven throughout the Bible that we can know the love that God has for us. We can know it's true. And his embrace of you, his love for you is the point of your life. If you've ever asked, what's the meaning of life? We're gearing up for Alpha, I know that's going to be asked. I know lots of other questions are going to be asked, but his love for you is the meaning of your life. Our relationship with him, therefore, as those who follow him, has to be our number one priority. There are so many priorities in our lives, so many things that we could put first, but as those who follow Jesus, we want to put our relationship with Jesus first. And the love of God is not something that we just see once and believe when we become Christians. Then we move on to other truths and strategies for growing in Christ. Yes, we want to grow in our knowledge and deepen in our understanding. But we never move on from the love of God. The love of God is what we feed on our whole lives long. It's going ever deeper into that endless ocean of his love. And that passage where, where Paul prays for the Ephesians is really interesting to me. When he prays for them, he doesn't pray small prayers. The Apostle Paul never prays sort of tiny prayers, does he? He prays huge prayers, God-sized prayers. And what he prays for the believers, and, and I guess prays for us, for those who would believe, he prays that out of the glorious riches of God that he may strengthen us with power through his Spirit in our inner beings, that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. And he prays that we being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love. That surpasses knowledge. And I think if we were to begin to regularly pray that into our own lives and into the life of our church 
together, we would be telling amazing stories to one another. It's interesting what Paul chooses to pray for the church. In this instant, he sets aside this time as he writes to them, and he says, this is what I'm praying for you. Not a greater obedience, which is a good thing to be praying for. Not even that they would be more fruitful, which is a good thing to pray for. Not only that false teaching would be stamped out, because Ephesus was full of it. Not that they would just grow in doctrinal depth and understanding, or even for the spread of the gospel. What he prays for is that they would be given supernatural power to know the love of Christ. And I think that's the thing about knowing the unknowable. It comes from God's revelation. Not from our study. It comes from a revelation when we say to God, I just want to know you more. I want more of you, God. I want to experience your love. I want to know you better. And it's that revelation of the Holy Spirit in our lives when you just say, I know it's true. And I will never be let go. And his love never fails. Let's pray for supernatural power that we might know the love of Jesus more. Not just that head knowledge, but to know it. Taste and see that the Lord is good. He's writing to believers who'd already known that Jesus had died for them on the cross. They'd known the amazing grace, but he prays more that they would have this supernatural encounter and knowledge of the Lord's love for them. Praying for what cannot be known without revelation. Just as we know the chemical makeup of honey now, do, don't we? It's only when we taste and see it that we experience it. And we know how good it is. We didn't give Karis chocolate for about a year, wasn't it, Hermie? And then on her first birthday, naughty auntie came with chocolate buttons and put one in Karis's mouth. The first time she'd ever, ever tasted chocolate. You should have seen her face. It was like, mmm, no, no one had ever told her the chemical composition of chocolate. She just tasted, and it was so good. She's not lost the habit, neither have we, by the way. My prayer this morning is that as we gather to worship on this Sunday morning, that we actually would encounter, by the power of the Holy Spirit, a new experience of God's love. Taste and see, we're going to share communion. Taste and see that the Lord is good. He gave his life for each one of us that we might have that relationship restored. Know its height and its length, its breadth and its depth. What is the love of Christ? It's not just niceness. Jesus isn't just nice. Read of the story when he took time to actually make a whip. He actually made it to drive out the money changers from the temple. Jesus isn't just nice. He is the truth. 
Why did he drive them out? Because they were the religious people supposed to point to the loving God, but they had made it a stumbling block. Man-made religion always does. Always makes it about what we have to do to earn God's love. And God says, this is not what it is. Jesus drove out the money changers. They were abusing it. But Jesus isn't just nice. He is love. What's the love of Christ? It's not a refusal to judge. Certainly not. We're told that Jesus will be the judge of all, the living and the dead. All will stand before him. In this lost and broken world that we feel sometimes is just out of control, Jesus is in control and one day he will put all things right, make all things new. All those injustices will be reversed. But his love, who he is, is settled upon us, upon all who would turn to him in faith because he makes us children of God. When Jesus loves, Jesus is Jesus. He's being true to himself. And the love of God is as expansive as God himself. We always underestimate his love. But we can never overestimate it. In this series, we've just express that desire to grow deeper in our understanding of Jesus, deeper in our relationship with God through Jesus. And so today, taste and see that the Lord is good. Be like John who called himself the beloved disciple only because he knew it. He knew he wasn't the most special disciple, he just knew he was loved. And we want to be able to say the same. We are the beloved disciple of Jesus. I am. You are. And his affections for us never wane, never cool, never sour. Half-hearted is not what he is. It's not who he is. And even the things that make you wince about yourself, he knows about and still loves us. His love is not calculating or cautious. It's the love that burst into life, the whole of creation, spoke it into being. He created us to know him and to love him. And knowing this love draws us deeper and deeper. And it's one of the things the Holy Spirit delights to do. So we're going to just stop and ask the Holy Spirit just to come and fill us again with his love. And Edward and the band are going to help us as we sing and respond to the Lord in praise. It's an ancient prayer of the church. Come Holy Spirit. It's not a mystery of how that we can know the love of Christ more and more as we ask for that holy fire of his love to burn within our hearts afresh. Do you feel that you just need that fresh encounter, that taste and see that the Lord is good? Well, the invitation is here this morning. Can I invite you to stand if you'd like to, if you're able, as we just pray together.